special announcement and shout out today. I don't know how many times that I have to say it, but you are inherently worthy. Because the more that you can make it familiar to your brain, the easier it will be for you to choose that new reality subconsciously. Curiosity, healing, connection, alignment, inspiration. And this is Skinny Dipping, the podcast where we talk about the mind, the body, and the soul in order to create actual change in our lives. Who's ready to strip down and dive in? Streaming now on all platforms, this is Skinny Dipping. And now back to today's show. Welcome back to Work Life Harmonize with me, your hostess with sometimes the mostest. This is Dana Mahina. Today's guest is Raylene Gagnon, an incredible friend of many, 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 many years, former colleague and currently the VPGM of Total Talent Intelligence at Magnet. She'll talk all about that. It sounds smart and fancy like her. We're also going to talk about self-advocacy in the workplace, held to the yes, and just because we are both huge fans, one of us closer apparently than others, we're going to talk about <laughs> the legend, the musician, she who is pink. Welcome, Raylene, my dear, dear, dear friend. Hi, Dana. I think you used too, too many's because that made me feel a little older than I wanted to feel. <laughs> well, let's just own our age because with age comes wisdom. And when you all Fair see enough. the promotion for this episode, we beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a Christina Aguilera song. We are beautiful. I haven't seen her yet. <laughs> okay. We're going. Let me know when and where I will be there. So before we talk about all things goddess pink, of the music world, we are going to talk about self-advocacy in the workplace, yes. which is hard one for women. So over the last couple of decades, Raylene, what is it that you're seeing that's frustrating and how do we work on it in terms of women in the workplace, in particular, dealing with the HR community? What do, what do we do about pay gap and disparity and all of these things? Talk to us. Well, I think HR has tried to make a number of changes. Uh, they have become more forthcoming with what compensation and benefits are available. There's more and more information being put into job postings across the board, sometimes because legislation is requiring it, other times because companies want that information to be in our hands. And that was my big, bright light bulb moment for me, actually, because they are telling us what we should be negotiating for. I'll, I'll use a, a basic engineering position. Maybe a job posting goes out and says it will pay between eighty dollars and $100,000. A guy is going to walk into an interview and ask for $110,000. And a woman is going to walk in and ask for ninety. And I thought that to myself and realized yeah. it is true because ninety feels comfortable for me. I know it's not too little and I know it's not going to be too much. So... I'm not going to be undervaluing myself and I'm not going to be overselling and that's comfortable for me. And every single time one of us chooses that comfortable answer, we are adding to or keeping strength in that pay gap. Yeah. And some women, especially those listening to this show might ask for 75. What would you say to them in terms of self-advocacy? Look, I think at the end of the day, we need to be aware of what we want to earn and then we need to ask for it. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. Hi. Have you ever seen that movie? He's just not that into you. I obsessively. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> okay. 
I, I, I use that movie as therapy and I watch that movie when I find myself again, having a conversation with someone who is not responding the way I want them to respond to remind myself that if they wanted me, then they would, you know, they would call me or what, whatever the case may be. But the worst they can say is no. Why do we, that, that whole movie looking at girls all the way through the ages and what we've taught ourselves, I feel like that same psychic challenge exists in the workplace. So if your first instinct is to say 75,000, challenge yourself to go 85. Challenge yourself if you're comfortable at 90 to go for the 100. Because they'll tell you if they don't think you're worth that, or they'll ask you, why are you worth that? And there is our second problem. So let's talk to these women about how do they justify to themselves and then and therefore to a future employer or HR if they're in their office getting support on how to get promoted or they're going to call into a show to get an expert like yourself or me to guide them through how to get a promotion or be more valued at work? What do we say to them in terms of how do they genuinely value themselves? Where do they start really? How did you do it? I am trying to train myself to be my own best friend, not because I don't have wonderful best friends, but if my best friend calls me and she feels down, I can, without hesitating, tell her 10,000 things about why she's awesome. I can tell her 100,000 things about why someone else is stupid because they don't realize how awesome she is. And I can advise her on what she should say in her situation to prove to someone how awesome she is. I can't do that for myself. And I am trying to learn that. And it's, it's awkward every single time. And I'm a year and a half into this, right? It, it's so hard. But what would I tell myself if I were Amy, right? I, I could tell you, Dana, I can think of a thousand things. And I can't think of 20 to yeah. do for myself. And if we all acknowledge that, then we can force ourselves to start doing it. And then we can tell our daughters and we can tell our friends so that we can all get better at this. So this is incredible advice. And despite the fact that we haven't spoken a whole lot in the last few years. Because you like moved to Hawaii and left me in New England. <laughs> <laughs> That's another show. We feel like we're on this journey together up leveling our life yep. inside of this game of life. We're both getting to places in our own careers that feel like we love what we do and we do what we love. Our kids are finally getting there, whatever the hell that means. And <laughs> what I love about this advice is be your own best friend. So let's talk about the two sides of the same coin. We do that on this show a lot. Our, our listeners almost are trained now to say, what's the shadow or the dark side of that light. So the other side of being your own best friend is being your own worst what? It's being your own worst enemy. Yeah. You know that yeah. you know that when you look at a job posting and you want to apply for that internal promotion, you know you don't have that degree or that you've only been in this current position for 3 years. And even though you want to go for that role, you know that Joseph has more of what they're asking for than you do. Most men, and I apologize to any listening that I'm generalizing for, but most men don't care if they don't have the qualifications because they embrace the fake it till you make it. But we want to be upfront and honest. And we're so afraid of that rejection that we do not want to put ourselves out there. I mean, I was having a conversation with a friend who didn't want to apply 
to be pre-approved for a loan that she thought was outside of her price range because she would be embarrassed if the loan officer came back and said that she was only able to get approved for a hundred thousand less. And I said, well, you won't know if you don't try, <laughs> you know, and really you don't know that loan officer. What stops us every single time? See, and most dudes would say F you and go find someone to golf with or play basketball with or drink at the bar with. And then they'd get like 300,000 more than they asked for. Whereas most women would be embarrassed. So I want to dig into embarrassment for a second. And by the way, as always, if you're loving this show, we love you too. Please subscribe. You know where to find us. We're on every podcast platform out there. We are growing and we are doing everything we can in particular at this time of life to help women get where it is they're trying to go. And in today's show, it's all about self-advocacy in the workplace and beyond and being your own best friend. So what do they do, Raylene, when they just feel like I'm too embarrassed to even ask? What, what do they do with that? How do they get from embarrassment so I don't do it to trying? What's the gap? Well, I mean, the reality is, is too many of us don't think to try. We let that fear of being rejected stop us. We accept or just go for the lower offer in a range of a salary. We accept and expect that our boss is going to recognize our hard work and promote us when they think we're ready. Instead of saying out loud as often as possible, every time you talk to your boss, if you haven't been promoted in a long time, it is okay to say, hey, I'm really stressing out about my kids going off to college and I am working extra hard to prove to you that I can take on these new responsibilities. Can you please tell me if I'm missing anything to prove and demonstrate to you that I'm ready for that next promotion? It stinks. That one I've been forcing myself to do since my gal Dana here actually advised me to do it a long, long time ago. And every time it was an uncomfortable conversation and it got more uncomfortable when it went from phone to video conversations, to be honest. But I still did it because Dana said, you're not going to get promoted if you don't ask to be promoted. And she wasn't wrong. It, it happens, but it's rare. I remember you know? that day vividly. And this is yeah. probably 10 years ago. Yeah. That's crazy in itself. And I do, but it was just the day. start. It was the exact yeah. right theme, but we yeah. need to do it more. And I didn't realize how much more until I started seeing everyone suffering the same way by undermining themselves. And, and you're seeing it in the analytics. So I don't know if the listeners totally got that because you and I speak really quickly and I, I gave your title, but talk to us about your actual role because you're actually seeing this in the yeah. numbers. Yeah, no. So within, within our organization at Magnet, we track not only all of the hiring activity across our own 700 plus clients, but we're gathering all of the data from the various salary surveys from our various technology partners and looking at full-time and temporary work hiring. And first of all, we're continuing to see the slow return and a lower participation in the female workforce than in the male workforce coming out of post-COVID. Yeah. And part of that is because no matter how loud we scream from a thought leadership standpoint about the need for employers to be flexible, not everyone is doing that. They are not being upfront and saying, you know, we will be flexible with daycare. They're putting what they want into the job postings. And I cannot stress enough that our clients are still struggling to hire. So to any woman out there listening to this, that wants to go back to work and sees a job that she can do, but the hours that they say are set are overwhelming for her and she doesn't want to try, 
same theory as trying to negotiate for a same as higher salary, go in and sell yourself first. And when they're so excited to have you just say, I just need you to make this one minor concession. And maybe in that case, it is something where it might change your pay or a certain benefit. But the benefit you need is to go into work an hour later so you can get kids on the bus or to have a half day on Fridays or to work from home on Fridays. Tell them, but sell them first. I cannot stress that enough. This is huge and important advice. So for those of you listening that are struggling with this, direct message us. We'll tell you how to get a hold of Raylene also in her wisdom at the end of the show. Direct message us here on the show. Instagram, you know where to find me, Dana.Mahina. Twitter, LinkedIn, Dana Mahina, and go to the website, danamahina.com, because we do talk about exactly what Raylene is suggesting, which is ways to infuse yourself with confidence, ways to sell yourself that are legitimate, they're real. Your high value equation is betting on yourself. And then I love what you said about make one minor concession so I can go to my kid's softball game or whatever. You're right. It's a minor concession and the employer or the hiring leader uh, or the person there to promote you, if they're not willing to make that one minor concession, they're just not that into you and you need to figure out a way to get the hell out of there. (laughs) Yes. And you know what? Don't leave with it. Right. So one other thing I have to say, and this was really where my thought process changed Last year, I was traveling for a conference and at a hotel, hanging out with all the other people whose flights were canceled and got touch chatting with this girl who had picked up on a conversation I was having with another gentleman at the bar. And we had been talking about uh, total rewards and benefits. And she chimed in and, and sort of changed the conversation to requirements. And so her story, and I won't go into too much detail, was that she had been caught using a fake ID in college, which is actually considered a criminal offense, and they filed charges and she ended up with a record. So every time she applied for a job when she was first emerging from school, she had to answer that question on an application that said, yes, I have a criminal background. And she couldn't get interviews. So one day she picked herself up by her bootstraps and said, I'm going to go sell myself first. And then later when they ask, I'm going to explain why I didn't put it on the application. But she wasn't getting a chance to put all of her awesome out there. And it's a bad policy that we have. It's a filter, right? You and all your children listening are screwed because many of us had fake ideas and didn't get caught. Her, her, yes. her crime was getting caught. I'm sorry. Her, her crime was getting <laughs> caught, but her value, her, oh, her epiphany was that she wasn't going to let that define her regardless of how HR and the application process tried to. So start with, I am amazing and I am going to do all of the things and more that you're looking for. And then later when it's negotiation time, maybe, maybe you've wasted your time and they're not willing to bend. Well, guess what, ladies, that makes that a red flag. And they're a bad date and you don't want them anyway. So hopefully once they find out how into you they are, they're willing to overlook the fact that, you know, you have this one need and, and you have to you to apply because if you don't, you're never getting that job. And what would you rather? Would you rather be a little embarrassed if we can't talk you out of feeling that way, which is possible because you feel what yep. you feel? Or would you rather simply never know and be our age, let's just say north of 50, 
and wondering <laughs> what the fuck happened to me. I never took a risk. I never applied. I never tried to move out to move up. That's many of our episodes and blogs. You all know by now that yep. was my career. I had to move out to move up. You, you hit the ceiling, you move out, you move up. You hit a wall, you move out, you move up. How many of you would rather risk a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of, you know, quote unquote, egg on your face? I don't even know where that saying came from. Let's move to a, a similar topic in a bigger way. And now we're going to up level this conversation even oh more to the queen of her own best friend, to the most <laughs> self-advocating woman on the planet. If you haven't seen the documentary by the infamous pink called All I Know So Far, I really recommend you watch it. I believe it's on Netflix or Prime. I never know. She literally takes you through her life on tour with her kids and her husband and how they make it work. She is one of the only female artists on tour at her level that has had the entire same dance crew, lighting, oh, yeah, 20 years. crew. They're all with her all these years. Why? Because they're a family. She's like, why would I want to change them out? We're in a groove. We know each other. We're all best friends. She's the queen. You went to see her last night. Tell us. I did. It. Oh my gosh. So one, I'll add one thing. If anyone listening to this does not have a theme song, go listen to every pink song and you will find one. You will find a song in there, whether it is a power song that's going to motivate you and force you to push through, or it is a sad song that touches you and reminds you of what you've overcome, you will find a theme song in something that she has, has sung because they strike a chord. And I was so blessed. I wasn't going to that concert until last week when a really close girlfriend of mine who works with a nonprofit uh, to help uh, women transition out of battered uh, living situations and transition into healthy, safe places... Uh, they work with the Red Sox Foundation. Pink was at Fenway Park last night in Boston, and she was offered tickets to go sit on the SAM deck overlooking the stage. And I had free Fenway hot dogs and everything. Very cool. But more cool, I arrived at the gate to go up to the SAM deck with my girlfriends at the very exact same moment that Pink and her dancers did. So I may or may not had to have tripped the security guard to get that close to Pink in that photo that I sent you, Dana. But I got that close to Pink. <laughs> because you put yourself first. I put, you, I put myself out there and I, I might have pushed aside a couple of other folks, but I got there. And the concert was, I mean, look, she start, we had Pat Benatar leading an opening for her and it was so good. And then we were halfway through the concert. She'd already knocked everyone off on their socks like 10 times. And they did a span and there was like sort of a camera out into the audience. There was a group of young girls near the stage that looked like they'd made their own clothes and like were so excited to be there. And she took a moment to address them so much so that I stopped what I was doing and I emailed myself what she said so that I could put it on my LinkedIn today. And she stopped and she said, you know, do you ever have people pick on you? And she sort of addressed the whole audience from there. And she said, because I got to tell you guys, I get bullied. People talk shit about me all the time and people say very mean things. And the trick is look at who's saying it. Because if they are not 100% happy, then who cares what they think? And I'm paraphrasing now, but I wrote it down earlier. And so she said, don't let it in. I mean, here she is. She wow. legitimately flew across Fenway and around. And every single person at one point was within 15 feet of her because of her acrobatic skill. And she's this magnificent inspiration. And she's being bullied. 
So if she can put herself out there like that and just remind us that who cares what anyone says, we are who we are. It's not changing. You know, we're not all here to be the Dalai Lama. We're all here to be ourselves and live our lives. And if someone doesn't like it, then they don't have to be a part of our life. Everything we tell our children and our best friends needs to be something we start to listen to and believe. And if we need to write it down so it sticks, then that's what you should do. So we're going to write it down now. On this show, we do something very practical and actionable. If you're driving, as always, you know what to do. Pull over or make yourself a mental note or voice talk if it's hands-free into your note section that reminds you what to do later on your to-dos. We're going to have people make that self-empowering statement right now to themselves And I'm going to quote you to you instead of giving you the final quote, like we do with a lot of our guests, lovely Raylene, you said something earlier about we have to accept and expect. What is it about you today after all this journey and the infusion from pink yesterday and all of the progress you've made as an incredible woman and leader and mom and friend, what is it you accept about yourself today? I accept that it took me longer than I would like to start advocating for myself. And I expect that I'm going to see a lot better results now that I'm continuing to make it a part of my daily practice. It took a long time. It is very uncomfortable, especially when you first start, but it helps if you do it with someone else, like have, have a friend who's in the same space or in the same journey. And Hey, it doesn't have to be a girl. It doesn't have to be an adult. And it can be about something entirely different. You know, I was, when I was in college, I had friends that one was trying to quit drinking, one was trying to quit smoking. They worked together. It was still the same type of challenge and tone. So find a buddy, do the buddy system if you need to. Get support and support yourself. Yes, we talk about accountability partners all the time. And they're not always inside your own home. And unfortunately, most times, especially for women, it's not inside your own mind. That's a dangerous place. So get an accountability partner who's willing to hold you accountable, be direct and loving. If you aren't quite at the place that Raylene's talking about, which is being your own best friend. Once you get there, I know these women, I'm still working on it too. Yeah. I know these women and they give themselves the same advice they would give their best friend and then they take it. So as women that are listening to the show and the great ally men that are helping these women and themselves as they write down for themselves when they're in a safe space, what it is that they really accept about themselves. Part two of your equation is what do you expect? What do you expect now for you? What is it, Raylene? Yeah, I kind of answered that already, but I expect that the results are going to continue to get better because I was hesitant when I started to act this way, or I waited a little bit longer in the process, or maybe I wasn't quite as aggressive in my stretch goal. And now I'm getting better at it because I, I've done it in the past year. I've done so much more. I've asked for a lot more money than I expected in my last job negotiation and then was shocked when I got it. And I never would have done that before. Um, you know, I asked for a lot more control over certain things. I've made suggestions to people above where I thought I had the right to make suggestions to. And every time I'm, I'm nervous, I, I overthink it. I practice an email. I delete the email. I run the email by people. But you know what? Then people listen. They read the email. They hear the email. These are the things 
we need to do. If we don't hit send, no one's going to read it and acknowledge it. You know, if we don't join a call, then we won't know what happened on that call. We need to put ourselves out there. These are the things we must do for ourselves and we do them for our own best friends. And at some point, ladies and a few gentlemen, we are going to turn that light toward ourselves and advocate for ourselves first. Raylene, you've given incredible advice. You are a fabulous storyteller. Oh my God. Listen with perky ears, ladies and gentlemen, because she does talk quickly, but there's so much good and so many like wisdom pieces inside of what she says. I'm going to close with a really quick story that I talk about in my book, Stop Settling, Settle Smart. I know that book's been out four years and most of my listeners know I'm working on book two coming out in the fall. Stay tuned for that. I tell the story of the only mentor I really ever had at work who happened to be an incredible man. And I talk about him a lot in my book because I was in my early thirties. I was a new mom. I was really struggling with identity. I had marriage issues. I had confidence issues. I was successful at work enough. I really was so used to settling for less than. So we're, we're at this airport, interesting, coming or going from a conference. And he's like, well, it's time for your six month review. You've been here six months. You know, I hired you for less than you were worth. And we agreed we would reassess your performance. And I did, I bet on myself. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And he liked to play games. He still does. He's still a dear friend. His name is Ron. You can read all about him in the book. Everyone should have a Ron. And he said, okay, take this sticky post-it note and write the number you want on it. And I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to say one, two, three, we're going to exchange those numbers and we'll see how close we are. And I thought, oh, I am shit at negotiation, whatever, let's try. So I write a number and he writes a number and we exchange the numbers and I'm probably purple in my face because his number is literally... 40,000 more than my number. Yeah. And he looks at my number and I look at his number and he goes, okay, we'll go with yours. I was like, no, <laughs> no. And he said, just, just kidding. We we'll go with my number. And he's like, I told you if you hustle and you are high performing and you're trustworthy and you do the work, I will bring you up to market. And so he brought me up to market in alignment with men, not women. That's so how, brilliant. How is Dana, that? Dana, you just reminded me of a story and I want to just throw it out there for those that are, Go you know, maybe, it. maybe the women who are listening right now and are in a situation where there's turnover in the organization and they keep getting more work piled on. You were my mentor when you were my boss and you've continued to be for years. And one of the best pieces of advice you gave me was on a sticky note to write the word no and put it on my laptop because I had a habit of guessing you to death. And if you asked me for it, I was going to kill myself to find a way to do it. And everyone else did the same thing. And you told me to say no. And it was just as hard as advocating for myself because it is a form of self-advocacy. So today... We have turnover in organizations and a lot of people, a lot of us in the listening community may be asked to pick up the slack because so-and-so is gone and we don't have the budget to backfill that position. And guess what? If it's for a particular project you're invested in and it's short-term, sure, but you start to pick up pieces of other people's jobs without getting compensated for them, it's just as bad as lowballing yourself because 
Men don't do that. If you want me to do two jobs, you have to pay me for two jobs. If you're going to promote me, but you don't have a budget for that promotion, then I'm not taking the new job. And too often women get told I'll make it right later and don't have a Ron supporting them. And they never get made right. They never get brought to market. So in addition to a sticky note with your value and a sticky note to try and stretch, a sticky note to say no when they're asking you to do something for free that men would charge for. If that's the way to wrap the show, and <laughs> I forgot about that. We talk about that on the show because I still use that in my coaching practice today. And with the women's group program I'm launching in the fall, along with the book, learning how to say no is really the beginning. It's no with a period, no with a question mark, which is what women do when we're unsure of ourselves, not Mm -hmm. confident, struggling with imposter syndrome. And it's no with an exclamation point. And you're right. If you put those three post-its, one where you brush your teeth, one where you're next to a computer or phone and one in another place like the refrigerator, wherever you frequent, where it's in your line of sight, You start to hear yourself and feel yourself empowered with no. And we say yes when we mean no. And we have to stop. We have to stop, stop, stop. I'm on a mission. Raylene's going to help me. Uh, This was an incredible show. It went so fast. You gave so much incredible advice. And women want to find you and talk about this or men who would like to be educated to advocate for women. Where do they find you? Oh, I'm all over LinkedIn. I just popped on video for a moment. Uh, so if you go to LinkedIn, Raylene Gagnon, it's, there's just me. There's not others out there with my name. So it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. Same on Twitter, Raylene Gagnon. And uh, I do a lot of traveling about for different Sherm events and whatnot. So reach out anytime. I will always answer. Um, I am in a different time zone, but I'm still working on that invite to speak in Hawaii. So hopefully that happens soon. (laughs) It is being extended now. And for those of you unfamiliar with the spelling, it's Raylene, R-A-L-E-E-N, Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N. Find her. Her wisdom is important for the next three, four, five generations. And it's time to be your own best friend right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bottom of my heart for coming on. Thank you, Dana. And as always, until we meet again in two weeks on this podcast, we say Hawaiian style. Oh, <laughs>